Welcome to the Volrath Feed, where we bring you into the world of commercial food service. It has many areas to talk about, and everything from small sole proprietors to large venues serving tens of thousands of people per event. We say it's a big industry, and we try to bring a little bit of insight into it to all of you. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef at the Volrath Company. And joining me today, as always, is our producer, Justin Pearson. Justin, how are you? What's new in your world today? Hey, Rich. Uh, you know, there's a couple of new things going on in my world. Uh, for the first time ever, I tried purple cauliflower. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, not that it tasted any different, but, you know, having that little different visual aspect okay. to it, you know, created created a different experience. So okay, it, good. That was, was fun. Branching out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else you got new? Well, other new things. Um, this week I got uh, peed on by a, a baby uh, <laughs> okay. more than once. More than once. So okay. that was that was new it's, All right. uh, and exciting. <laughs> Gotten much quicker at changing diapers. So hopefully it won't be a mistake that I repeat. All right. Okay. So new in your world. I, I got it now. Cauliflower <laughs> and uh, baby. Yeah. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Uh, what about you? What's what's new in your world today? Oh, me. Jeez, I don't know. We're just, um, we're trying to remodel our kitchen. You know, that's mm. something we're thinking about. We've been thinking about that for how many years now as we <laughs> moved into the house. It's funny how you move into a house and you go, oh, the first thing we're going to do is whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's five years later and you still have whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're kind of there. A roof. We need a new roof. So we're looking at that. So we're just trying to figure out our kind of three to five year plan here on home improvement so yeah a, a kitchen fun. one of the first houses i bought uh was an old house and and fun fact it was once owned by dick cheney so hey yeah in wyoming so but uh it, it was an old house and it had a lot of charm a lot of character to it but it needed uh, a lot of work and so we took it upon ourselves to do the remodeling which i will say i will never ever ever do again in my life because living through construction for several years while, you know, you're trying to save, you know, a substantial amount of money by doing it yourself. But Okay, you're self-remodeling is what you're yes, saying. Never yes. got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no problem, like, flipping a house or something when someone else is doing the work. But, <laughs> yeah, we did save a lot of money, and in the end, we, we got some money out of it. But a couple of years just dealing with constant construction, you know, chaos is, I'm going to say it's not worth it for me in the end. <laughs> well, we've never... Never really taken on that level of a project. Small projects we've done, but I think this will be a contractor-based remodel because I'm with you. I, I just don't see myself as, A, having the time, B, the experience, quite honestly, to do the level of remodel that I want to the quality level that I would want. Mm. So it'll be a contractor issue, but that's we're still not there. Remind yeah. me, we're just talking about it yet, so this could be a ways off. We'll see. So uh, speaking, though, of kitchens and, I guess, food, we're later on the show, we have our guest today, Justin Green, who will be joining us. He is the Vice President of Hospitality for the Milwaukee Bucks at the Fiserv Forum here in Milwaukee. So that'll be fun to talk to him. That Fiserv, for those of you that don't know, is a new $524 million arena, and it's the anchor of the Deer District in downtown Milwaukee, and, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks play there, so hence the Deer District. And he yeah. is in charge of guest experience, including all the food and beverage. So it'll be interesting to talk to him, hear how things are going on there. And it's it's just a big change how 
stadiums and arenas have morphed and changed over the years. Uh, he has a staff right now of over 1,000 people wow. in his area. <laughs> Six full-service kitchens. He has a smoker uh, for smoking brisket and so forth, capable of holding over 3,000 pounds of meat. That's like a production Ooh. facility. That's, that's, I mean, that's a big smoker. That's insane. You know, so I was thinking about this, like when you went to a game when I was a kid, you went to, I don't care where it was, football, baseball, basketball, whatever it was, the food service was, yeah, you know, it was a place to go during the breaks and timeouts and you could get a, a drink of some sort, maybe a hot dog, and if they were really adventurous, maybe it was something kind of special, maybe a little bit in trending. I remember mm-hmm. nachos when they were a big deal. <laughs> but now, food service is like kind of the... It's all part of the experience, right? You go there for the game and, and the team or the event, I suppose. And then it's like, okay, what kind of cool food do you have? And you're expecting just a tremendous amount of options and something unique and different. And it's Yeah, it's a, like it's part of their, their marketing plan is to right. you know, showcase some of these uh, different vendors and stalls. And it kind of becomes a destination. It's like, yeah, we're going to the game, but we're also eating at this place that serves, uh, you know, amazing falafel. <laughs> right. So the Deer District, that's this, there's, you know, several businesses that kind of make up the Deer District. One of them being Good City Brewing, which is one of our guests that we had on the show, Chef Guy. He's from Good City in downtown Milwaukee, the Mecca mm-hmm. Sports Bar. And for those that are thinking Mecca is something, it's it's just the Milwaukee Exposition Convention Center and arenas, the Mecca. If you ever did, you ever wonder what Mecca stood for? We always say that in Milwaukee, it's the Mecca. Yeah, you just—it's one of those things you just you don't think about when you say. Kind of like, <laughs> uh, do you remember uh, the ATM brands that were called Time T Y M E? Absolutely, and I so, called it the Time ta- Machine. The Time Machine. Yep. And, and it was totally normal around here. Be like, oh, I need to go hit the Time Machine. Well, you don't think about that when you travel outside of the area where those aren't a thing. And you're like, oh, I need to go hit the time machine. And people give you the, the strangest looks like, yep. you know, I thought this guy was cool, but then is he a lunatic or is he really a time traveler? <laughs> no, it happened to me upstate New York. I mentioned time machine. And just like you said, they looked at me. And of course, then it was I had to explain that it was actually a thing. <laughs> yeah. And the, the guy that I ended up hanging out with up there when I moved there for a short time, is a huge Packer fan. So he came to Mill to Green Bay and um watched a game and he texted me, he said, I understand now. He looked he, he saw a time machine, he had a laugh, he texted me a picture of it. He said, I get it now why you call it a time machine. <laughs> Those just kinda disappeared though. I I, yeah, I, haven't, yeah, I, think, I haven't seen that brand anymore. So I no. I don't know, maybe they went back to their home in the future. It's a good thing. We don't need <laughs> more people picking on us for what we say. Right? <laughs> but that deer district in all the different things, the Mecca Sports Bar, huge sports uh, bar with a 42-inch, excuse me, 42-foot yes. TV screen for watching the game, like 80 standard-sized TVs, which just an incredible amount of ways you can watch different events in that sports bar. There's a punch bowl area. I guess it's like a, um, I think it's a it's a games, like an adult, almost like a, what is that, Buster, um, what's that? Uh, Dave and Buster's. Dave yeah. and Buster's, right? Yeah. I think it's like that. There's a beer garden. There's a drink, Wisconsinably pub. And, of course, then you have the Pfizer Forum anchoring that mm-hmm. whole Deer District. So that's pretty cool. Uh, well, yeah. There's also an apartment building in there, 550 lofts. Mm-hmm. So quite a bit of uh, area there all associated to this uh, Deer District. Yeah. Well, the Pfizer Forum is an incredible building. 
there really is not a bad seat in that place. Uh, last year when we went for a Bucks game, my wife uh, and I took my sister and her eldest son there, and we got good seats just because we wanted good seats. But then we went for a walk, and we went all the way up to the top, and we're like, this is amazing up here. We got this nice bar that, level that you can just sit at, and you have completely unobstructed view. There's great screens, huge screens to view from, but but honestly, you could just watch the action on the floor and and you don't feel like you're that far away. It really is a beautiful building and a lot of thought and engineering went into that place. And it's definitely worth a visit. And then, yeah, you have all the food options there as well, which it keeps you walking around to see like, oh, what's what's over here? What's next? Right, right. A lot of those food options are local. It'll be interesting to talk to Justin about. All right. Hey, Justin, let's uh, let's get to it and welcome today's guest to the show. As we mentioned earlier, we have the pleasure of having Justin Green on the show today. Justin is the Vice President of Hospitality for the Milwaukee Bucks at the state-of-the-art Pfizer Forum in downtown Milwaukee. So, Justin, welcome to the Volrath feed. Thanks for having me, guys. Really, really happy to be here. Well, we thank you for taking the time to join us today. I know your days must be filled with trying to understand the current state of things and plan for the events that are coming and I just can't imagine how much that's changing like daily. And then you've got big events. I know the DNC went away for the year, but you've got to have just a ton of stuff that every day you're dealing with in the in the COVID world now, right? I, was, I had a question about, about that. Like you have a major event like that that just evaporates. And then what do you do to fill that? that spot uh do you just open it up to other people and hope something fills up or you just take well, a hit? The, you know we have the city guidelines right now obviously that only allow for events of 250 or less and so the that an event of that size is not going to just walk in obviously and we can't have concerts and things like that mm-hmm. right now but I, there's so much to do we're planning on um what does service look like what do things look like when we return and you're right it's going to be completely different but we um, like we do a lot of a lot of times, the Bucks are going to lead the way on that, and and we are going to do things differently than has ever been done. And we believe that we're on the going to be on the right side of that wave, and um, we're we're taking some big risks. But on top of that, we're also looking at new revenue generators. Uh, we started a new ghost kitchen um, in the last thirty days called the Cream City Cluckery, and it is a uh, you know, it's available for pickup and delivery only. We are the first in sports and entertainment to do this. And we are now um, seeing other teams call us a couple of teams a week asking what we did, how we did it. We launched this new business in 30 days from wow. concept to launch. Um, we did it for less than $1,000, believe it or not. I guess that makes sense, though. You have all the infrastructure there. You're like probably one of the largest ghost kitchens out there. I mean, it's it's all there. I mean, that's 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 brilliant to uh, shift gears. No choice, like right? I mean, that's that's the name of the game right now is yeah. shifting gears and trying to figure out how do we how do we keep our really talented culinary staff uh, working during a time that they could easily uh, not be. So uh, we focused on that, and and believe it or not, we uh, we did a little over sixty thousand dollars in revenue in our first eighteen days of business. Wow. And um, That's cool. we, con- we continue to grow and break records every day. We're only open five days a week. And um, we made some real money uh, in our in our first 18 days of operation. And uh, uh, it's our, our goal right now is stop the bleeding, slow the bleeding, and uh, 
we do that by creating new new ways of uh, revenue generation. And what's really exciting about that specific project is we're now looking at what does that look like if we were to expand it? What does it look like in a brick and mortar? What does it look like if we open it in other cities? And um, the one thing that we do in the Bucks organization is we always think big. So now we're looking at, you know, what if we were to franchise it? What if it was to really grow? So that's that's the project now. What did marketing look like for that on such a short window? You, you had to get the word out. So there's two pieces to that. One is we really wanted the brand to stand alone. So we didn't necessarily want it to be another Milwaukee Bucks project. We wanted it to be the Cream City Cluckery as a, as a standalone. Um, so we had to be pretty careful with that because it's easy to uh, to lean really heavily and into the Bucks and, and use that. Um, so we we did two things. One is that we started social. We started all on social and uh, really got our name out that way and got people excited there. And then we leaned into uh, Barry Baum, who's the head of communications uh, for the Bucks. And we put out press releases and things like that, but like we would for uh, the Bucks and used a lot of those contacts, but we did it through um, just for the cluckery. And people still showed up and they were excited and they were interested to see what type of business uh, is opening in the middle of something like this and why in the world we would do that. And, you know, we, <laughs> we take risks and bets all the time in this organization. And that's what we try to, uh, how we try to lead and, and try to be the best, uh, you know, have the best organization in the world, both in hospitality and on the sports business side. And these are the things that we do to, to lead that way. I know the, the stadium, you've got a lot of, um, local, you guys focus on using local ingredients, local uh, flavors and so forth. Is the cluckery staying in that lane or what is the what is the menu like out of the cluckery? Yes, yeah, so the cluckery, we are doing uh, all local Milwaukee beer and our beer batter, and, which is exciting for us. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is scratch made too. So um, we're actually, we're cutting the chicken down ourselves. Um, you know, this is real chicken tenders. We're not taking anything from a, a freezer uh you know, and, and throwing it into the fryer. So everything is breaded. It's a three-step breading process. Um, uh, we are, uh, you know, we're, we're putting it uh, as things are ordered. It's going into a fryer and um, we stick, we, we, our tagline is tenders only tenders. We want to make sure that we're really focusing on a small menu that we can do really, really well. So we've got chicken tenders. We have a chicken tender sandwich. We have macaroni and cheese, a dessert that we make in-house, and, bis- and uh, scratch-made drop biscuits. That's it. All right. I'm going to say this sounds a lot like my all-time favorite chicken place, Raising Cane's. Yes. I am definitely going to come down there because I haven't been able to hit up a Raising Cane's since uh, I lived out west in Fort Collins. So I am my interest is more than peaked. So. Yeah, Raising, Raising Cane's is an incredible company. They've done some great stuff. And I, I think that... Uh, we absolutely uh, flavor-wise rival them, um, and I would put us up, I would put us up against them anytime. Um, right they're, on. Uh, they're, but uh, Raising Canes does an incredible job. That's one thing that we did. You know, we had to, we did a market analysis and said, what is the city missing? Mm-hmm. What's not here? There's no yep. Raising Canes. There's no Chick Fil A. There isn't a Zaxby's because we're you know we're up north, not down south, and um, you know with missing those things, there there just is a there's a hole in the market. We talked about barbecue because we've got this smoker that does you know ridiculous things and um you know we, we almost went down that road but we decided chicken tenders was the was the way to go it's a little more simple um it's a product that people love and we, there's no competition in the city so um it was a great way to launch 
Perfect. How, how did the recipe development go for that? So we have a really incredible senior executive chef, uh, Kenneth Hardiman, who's actually down in the bubble right now, believe it or not, is yeah. cooking, for the, uh, cooking for the players. And um, he and our executive chef uh, that works for him, uh, Clifford Hull, got together and just smashed their brains together and tried to figure out the best way to do it. And uh, we went through probably in 30 days, I would say 40 or 50 different iterations of uh, battering different seasoned flours because they're making the seasoned flour themselves as well. So it's it's literally flour mm. and all the different seasonings that they're putting in. It's different types of uh, we tried different types of beer and what works best, and um, that uh, that was kind of how that went. And and we finally came up with what we felt was the right uh, you know pepper to salt ratio. So it's not too peppery, it's not too salty, it's right kind of in the middle and. All of our sauces are scratch made, so that's really important as well. So real dairy and all the sauces, nothing's coming in in a in a in a bottle that can, you know, outlast us. You know, sitting on a sitting on a <laughs> shelf somewhere. Um, so you know, it's it's all real and it will go bad. It's not a it's not a preservative free yeah. or it's not a laden with preservatives. I should say. Real Wisconsin yeah. dairy. Real Wisconsin dairy, of course. Is all there, right, is there all something right, else? Right, right. <laughs> I I've heard of other things, but I I don't think I've actually seen. So anything. people, if they want to get something from the cluckery, they go jump online and they pick up at the at the outside, or how how is the? Yes, yeah, so you're gonna go to uh, you're gonna go to creamcitycluckery.com, and uh, that's another piece we built our in, our website internally. Um, you can do uh, pickup right there. You order online and and can pick up right on. Uh, 400 West Highland Avenue. And uh, if you want delivery, you can do that through DoorDash, Grubhub, or uh, Uber Eats. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm sure uh, that is going to be quite a success. I think that you've got a great concept. It sounds like you guys are doing it right with everything from scratch and homemade. How can it fail, right? Keep it fresh. Fresh is best. You'll do well. Fresh is best. <laughs> are you? Are any of your partners in the... Uh, the Deer District doing similar things? Are they? I know we talked with Guy over at uh, Good City a couple weeks back and talking about what they've got going on. You guys, do you collaborate with them quite a bit on things or how does that work in the district? So we meet once a month uh, as, as a district, as a whole. Um, Michael Balot, uh, who's head of development for the Bucks, um, kind of oversees that meeting and makes sure that everybody's on the same page. You know, right now, our goal is to make sure that everybody has uh, the ability to be successful during the pandemic. And that might mean looking at things differently, trying different things, and we're here to tr- do whatever we can. The Cluckery actually has paired up with uh, Drink Wisconsinably. Um, if you're familiar, obviously, mm-hmm. pretty pretty good brand. Um, really great bar here in the district. And they don't serve food, so they actually don't have a kitchen. So what we did is we mm-hmm. paired up with them. Uh, we have uh, we have menus that are out on the table. People can order and we'll actually deliver directly to the um to their tables there. And I know they're, they're doing something similar with good city. So we're keeping it in a family, making sure that everybody has an, uh, has the chance to be successful. Oh, great. That's important. I think that whole district down there is so cool. We were talking a little bit on the front end of the show, just about how that has all become such a entertainment hub right now. when you've got something going on for people to come down to and just have so many different options and thinking about stadiums years ago, some of them were built outside of the city and they were just an island, right? Where here you guys are right downtown. You've got so many different things that are going on. It's really a cool place to be. Uh, and the stadium, of course, the Pfizer Center, the uh, Forum, rather, being the uh, the anchor of all that. So, And that facility itself, uh, pretty new, right? A uh, couple of years now and, and unique and just a beautiful place. And the Justin hit on it before a little bit with being able to, any of the venues, 
you can really see what's going on in the stadium. Is that some design feature that was asked for and put into that build, or is that something you guys demanded? Yeah, so when we were designing Pfizer Forum, the biggest piece that we wanted to make sure of was that you could see from anywhere. And when you come into Pfizer Forum, what you see and the difference that, um, you know, the, the Bradley Center that existed before and many basketball uh, arenas that are, that are out there, you have to go into a VOM from the concourse to get to the bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And here, that's not the case. Um, you're actually able to see. So when you get up and you go to a concession stand, when you get up and you walk around, when you're when you're enjoying a food or a drink, you don't risk missing any uh, of the event, whether it's a concert, whether it's a game. One of our you know many many uh, TVs that are uh, around generally have it on as well, but you can actually physically still see the court from uh, the concourse, mm-hmm. and that's really important. We wanted it all to be together. Um, so you'll see that everything was built to be open. We built and put our bars in very specific locations. And the other piece is, is all of our kitchens and our concession stands are full cooking kitchens and actually can work individually as their own restaurants. We actually call them mini restaurants. We're not hot. We're not putting, uh, heating something up in one location and, and putting it in a hot box and then hot holding it someplace. We're actually cooking everything fresh right there. 95% of all of our food products and our paper product that we use in the building um, is from the state of Wisconsin, which is really, really important to us. And we built that. Uh, our food program is MK Eat, uh, which is you know really uh, everything that we kind of base what we do our food on and keeping it local. And we work with local restaurants to make sure that they have uh, visibility in the arena as well. Yeah, that's something that we noted as well. Like you, you feature a lot of local restaurant fare in inside the, the the forum. How far do you go outside of the area as far as what do you call local on that? How far out is some of your locals? Sure. So when you look at uh, some of our food product that we're selling or serving, maybe in clubs, we'll we'll use farms any uh, from anywhere in Wisconsin when it, when it comes to things like that. When you look at our food and our concession stands that are called out specifically as local, we try to keep that uh, pretty pretty tight to Milwaukee uh, so that people can come here and eat things that they're familiar with and that they want. One thing that we've learned, you know, people in Milwaukee want local. Um, you don't see a lot of brands that, that come through, a lot of chain restaurants that do really well here. And there's a reason for that. People want local, they trust local, and that's what they, they want to support. <clears throat> so we wanted to, when we built the Pfizer Forum, we wanted to make sure that we went right along with what people were looking for. Well, and that touches on what, what Rich and I were talking about earlier, where uh, food at, at venues like Pfizer uh, are, are starting to become destination restaurants in and of themselves you know he's like yeah i'm going to watch a game but i also get to check out this amazing food that's going on here and the the fact that you're having things that can't be uh you can't get outside of the city uh really helps uh draw people in just for that reason alone i think for us and it's not the it's not the case in some places just depending on where they are we're you know we're considered a smaller market team uh, it just, you know, it is what it is. We're the best team in the NBA and, you know, that that's all that matters at the end of the day. Right. But we, <laughs> we are considered a smaller market and, and, um, that 
you know, that plays a role in the fact that our food business is a real piece of our business. And that may not be the case everywhere, but we look at the food and beverage piece of our business as, uh, you know, top two or three as far as revenue generation when we're up and going uh, in non-pandemic times. Uh, and that's why we focus so much. You know, Peter says that we are going to be the best sports and entertainment team in the entire world, not just in the state, not just in the U.S., but in the entire world. And he pushes for that in every level. And because of that, we are going to make sure that we're the best food and beverage component of the best sports and entertainment business in the world. And we strive for that. We do things differently than anybody's done. We continue to push the envelope and things that we do. We created the brew button or the beer button, if you're familiar with yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, very Wisconsin mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And now you're starting to see other teams that have jumped in and, and are doing that. We created that here. Um, we have our ghost kitchen that we're doing. Um, you will never see us do a pre-wrapped hot dog or brat in our arena. I won't allow it. Uh, you know, it's not something we do. It comes straight off of a grill onto a buttered and toasted bun and uh, that and, and straight to the guest. And we don't pre-wrap. There's nothing wrong with the pre-wrap the hot dog. Everybody likes to go to a baseball game and have something like that. But there's a quality difference uh, than what you're of what you're getting. That's something that kind of has sat in a in a bag and steamed itself to sogginess, right? That that right. bun sticks to the, right. the the dog or the brat, and nobody likes that. Yeah. And it, you know that's important no. to us. Uh, that quality and, and even a hot dog or a brat, and uh, where where we work with Clements and make sure that we're doing small batch brats that you can only get here and then uh, and we're testing them to see you know what's interesting what's not and then that'll go to a larger market hey that's cool and your own branded brat <laughs> yep <laughs> neat <laughs> how how does food and beverage vary from a bucks game to any other type of event like a concert or uh, some other live event i think our goal is to always have really similar uh, availability because I think somebody that comes, we want people to be able to come for a basketball game and a concert and those types of things. The reality is, is that different people come to different things. Um, And the, I would say what is weighted heavier for certain events uh, varies. So obviously concerts are going to be much heavier uh, alcohol and beverage ratio than they are food. People aren't coming out to a concert generally to eat. Um, (laughs) And uh, you see that now, with Bucks games, that's different. You know, we, we still sell an enormous amount of alcohol, but we sell a ton of food too. Um, different areas in our building are used differently. So our, our premium clubs uh, may have may have a different look or feel depending on what the event is. You know, a Disney on Ice show is going to look and feel different for food yeah. offerings uh, than an Elton John concert, for example. Um, we're going to have a really high-end uh, product in our, in our clubs for Elton John and for... Uh, Disney on ice, it's going to be more, you know, it's going to be hot dogs and nachos and popcorn and things that kids like to eat. All right. You never thought of that, but you're, even though the venue is the same, the, the food offering is going to change based on the people that are coming to the event, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What, you know, we covered food a lot. You've, you've done a great job there and the food is fantastic. I've been, to, I was at the Elton John concert, by the way, that was a, a ah, great see, concert. Got- yeah. Right. <laughs> but I know you also uh, last year during the Raptors playoffs, we heard just how nice the staff was and uh, people from out of state coming and, and talking about just the quality of, of the experience at this, at the Pfizer uh, forum. And 
do you have a training program? You're, you're talk a little bit about how you go through with your, your staff. I mean, are you working with just good stock, the Midwest nice that we have around here, or do you really put a lot into your training program to make sure that that guest experiences from the staff is the same as your quality of your food? Sure. So we have uh, probably one of the best in the business in guest experience, and his name's Kieran Dalty. He's the vice president of guest experience. The guy is relentless when it comes to making sure that every aspect and uh, touch that you have when you walk in this building is going to be the best that you've seen. Back to what Peter talks about being the best in the world. Uh, you know, Kieran takes that same, uh, you know, look at guest experience as I do on, on food and beverage. And he is really um, on top of making sure that A, how we hire is really important. You know, you have to hire nice. You have to hire somebody that really wants to be here and really wants to be active. Um, we're not about hiring people that are just going to come in and want to watch a game. We want people that are wanting to interact with guests. You know, you see the videos of people high-fiving on the way out after a win of a Bucks game. You don't see that at other arenas. And I think that at Pfizer Forum, that's something special that we do and something that's really important. We're hyping you up on the way in and we're high-fiving you on the way out. And um, those things are quintessential Milwaukee Bucks in this era of our business of being the best in the world. And I think that, uh, you know, Kieran uh, built that training program, uh, make sure that it's followed. And we all support him in, in that venture. And I think that's the big piece is everybody supports that. And we don't silo ourselves into food and beverage and guest experience and um, and, and cleaning and security. The company is one. We're all Milwaukee Bucks. We all do whatever we have to do to make this the best place to, to be. And yeah. you, you mentioned Peter a couple of times. Just to be clear, he's the Peter's the president of the Bucks. Is that Peter? That's right. I forget his last Peter name. Peter Fagan is the president of the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right. 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 Okay. Your staff, you've got quite a large staff, right? It was 900 plus, a, a thousand I heard even. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So we have a very large uh, hourly staff uh, that is really the most important piece of what we do because they're the ones that are in front of the guests every single event and they are the hardest working, uh, the best people that we have. Uh, from there on up, we actually we, we have a very large management staff as well, uh, where we have 50 plus managers that that then uh, those people report up to and then uh, they report up to me, uh, along with uh, several directors and, and uh, chefs and things like that. How are you doing now with the, the whole COVID and these people? Um, you don't have a lot of events for them right now. How, how are you guys handling that? And what, do you, what are you guys doing there? Just... I know it's got to mean you got these great people that have been working hard for you and side by side. And now, you know, what do you do? It's just, it's the times, I guess. Right. But so dealing with it the same way, I think most companies are right now. Right. Um, we've had to make some, some very difficult decisions, um, about making sure that we're a healthy company moving forward so that they can come back. But we're always waking up every morning and trying to figure out new ways to generate revenue. My team that I have uh, currently certainly would um, would not be here had we not come up with something like the cluckery that's generating revenue um, and continue to look at other ways, maybe watch parties and things like that, that while it's 250 or less, we're still generating some sort of revenue and can get people in. And um, Right now, we, we focus on other revenue lines that are not pro sports because we don't know at the end of the day when that's going to come back. Our, we plan 
that it's gonna we're gonna have a full season in front of guests. That's our that's our that our plan every single day, and that's what we're what we strive for. But if that doesn't happen, we have to have other forms of revenue, and that's what we think about. So um, I would say that our number one goal is to think about them. When we first went through all of this as an organization, the owners and uh, made some very group, you know certainly led the way in the NBA as far as putting together a uh, a foundation fund that helped pay and keep paying people uh, for a period of time that they wouldn't have received pay for. And that helped and they were paid, you know, initially they were paid their full amount. Then it went into the fund uh, that helped keep, uh, keep people afloat for a while. And as this thing drags on, our goal is to make sure that we're just looking at other forms of revenue that we can start to bring them back even on an event-by-event basis and continue to have them work. You know, this hits and what do you do? But it's, it's great to hear you guys are you know, doing what you can for them and every day your thoughts are trying to get them back to work, right? That's exactly what we should be doing. Absolutely. So are, are you familiar with the players' eating habits and uh, some of their favorites? Is there anything that, that stands out as unique or are they all pretty kind of like run-of-the-mill appetites? Listen, I, I think that... Um, when you eat as much as these guys do to have to keep their bodies full uh, and, and um, with with fuel, I think that uh, they they eat a tremendous amount. Now they they have a very specific nutritional um, you know guidelines that they follow and and make sure that they're eating great and eating the right things. You know, I, I mentioned earlier Ken Hardiman, who's our senior executive chef, is down in the bubble right now cooking for them. And making sure that uh, as we enter into the playoffs that they are top-notch and continuing to eat well. But um, listen, they I, I don't think that any of them have any weird quirks or anything like that. You know, we all know Giannis loves smoothies. But I, I think outside of that, um, you know, I think that they eat pretty normal. They just eat way more than what you and I might eat, you know, uh, you know, thinking about eating 6,500 or 7,000 calories a day is, is really uh, uh, difficult to, to fathom. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, what what have become some of the fan favorites on game day? Uh, what what seems to be something that is selling out a lot, or people are really talking about? Well, we all know, obviously, that you know Milwaukee loves brats, so our brats no secret there uh, yeah. definitely sell well. Um, and and Clements makes a great product, and we're really happy to work with them. But I think that what surprises us uh, and continues to surprise uh, surprise us is we have a uh, we sell pokey in the uh, oh, arena I love poke. and we make it fresh right here we work with fresh friend uh poke and um we actually do we have a poke stand and it sells i missed like that crazy. when i was there is that new? Yeah. Did, oh. so it's in the it's in the upper concourse in the south side market you know in the so the upper con the south side market is kind of our night market that, yeah. you, that you might go to and it's different stands and that's where you're going to get kind of unique foods and things like that we have a greek we have a greek stand we have the fresh fin poke we have a, a grilled cheese stand with crazy grilled cheese and a crazy mac and cheese stand that's up yeah. there but uh poke continues to surprise me uh unbelievably and then barbecue um i know people love barbecue and uh we work with iron great here and we have this unbelievable smoker that does three thousand pounds of meat a day and you know just you know smokes all the time but you just put uh, the whole cow in there (laughs) yeah absolutely just just straight in there (laughs) the whole herd go on get in there (laughs) it's uh but um you know we sell um when you look at um iron great uh when you look at the barbecue that we do it outsells 
by stand, every other stand in the building. People just love barbecue. They really, uh, they really, uh, you know, they want it. We do it a little bit differently. We we do a, a barbecue nacho, which is really uh, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we do, you know, an unbelievable pork. We do brisket. We it's it's real deal barbecue that you would get. Uh, you know, anywhere, St. Louis, uh, Memphis, just depends on where you want to go. And we have different types of rubs and, and sauces and seasonings that you can use. So um, it's, uh, it's a great place to be. Yeah, that's one you got to do right, you know, because people get jaded on that so quick. You know, if, if it comes out dry, then people are out and they will let everybody know that, hey, don't even waste your time with this. So you guys, uh, you guys are really nailing it there with that. We appreciate it. We spent a lot of time with... Uh, the, the owner of Iron Great, who, listen, when you start to work with people and their brands and these things that they've built, and these are local guys, so they, they don't have hundreds of stores. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something that we do here really affects what people think of their brand and to allow us to use their recipes and to allow us to use their name is a big deal. And um, we will not work with a brand that doesn't want to partner directly with us and spend a lot of time with our chefs and make sure that we're doing it well. Because if they don't want to spend time with us, they, they are thinking more about the promotion than they are about the quality of the food. And for us, it's quality first. Everything else comes secondarily. Yeah, that's, it seems like such a bizarre concept when, when you think about the history of arena and stadium and event-based food. It's refreshing. <laughs> well, so many times you think, and I talk about, talk about it all the time with Matt Pizarras, who runs um, all of our, our sponsorship for the Bucks. And most times it's who's going to write the biggest check? That's who gets to be in the arena, right? And, and with us, we made a decision early on that it wasn't going to be about that. We weren't going to worry about who was going to write the, biggest, uh, write the biggest check. We were going to worry about quality of food. And again, everything else comes secondarily and will fall into place. Well, hats off to you guys. You do a fantastic job down there. I've been to a couple of events, and it's, it is a great place to go. It's a, it's a fun day. It's a great food. It's great entertainment. Uh, I was there, I think, one of the first things was the the PBR when that oh, opened yeah. up the, the center the Pfizer form rather opened up and my wife and I kind of left as we opened the doors we said you know it's like a, a couple months or whatever old building and you knew there was cows in the building so it just took <laughs> it just was like expecting new building smell and that's not what you smelled so it was it was different well but. yeah the, you, you know for the next day's event you got to have a killer ventilation system so that people aren't tasting barn when you know they're going for that barbecue next <laughs> next time t- any time that there's a dirt show of some sort whether it's monster jam or pbr or uh you know a motocross event it's always interesting to see how it gets cleaned up and and getting back to getting back to new and we have the best facility staff uh in in the industry uh dennis williams uh, as a matter of fact uh who's the assistant gm and uh the senior vice president of facilities for the building just won uh the facility operator of the year which was a, a huge deal, and when I tell you that we have the best in the the best in the world, I mean we really do, and that's mm. that's the staff that's been put together here in in Milwaukee, which is just incredible to have. But uh, it, it's amazing to watch a arena uh, go from dirt to basketball or concert within just a few hours, yeah. and uh, it's it's amazing, and we continue to book. When, when obviously when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, we continue to book as much as we can and, and things continue. We break, we, we're breaking records for a place uh, of our size and uh, we, we outsold 
um, Chicago recently, um, you know, for the, for this past year, which is gigantic. And, mm. uh, people are coming to Milwaukee to do shows, to be part of events at Pfizer forum. And we're getting a really great reputation top to bottom. Well, well you, you've said it, the, the Pfizer has a lot more events. The Bradley center was more about the sports team and the bucks and the admirals and, what, and the, the wave, I think played in there as well for a while. And then not a lot of other things. Occasionally you got the other things. Now, the Pfizer, you guys have a lot of events. Do you have a comparison in, in, in numbers there or any sense of what that might look like? Or I would say we're doing two-thirds, if not more, uh, events than what happened at the old Bradley Center. I think part of that, though, is you have to remember when that building was built. Uh, it was really built for hockey, so you had most of your seats actually up, not down. The feeling was much different. You were going through those VOMs. Yeah. Uh, and then sound, right? Uh, sound mm. oh, at yeah. Pfizer Forum compared to Bradley Center. The sound advisor forum literally is is rivaled against any place in the world. It's unbelievable. Uh, to hear a concert here is it's fantastic. You could record a you could record an album, you know, a, a live album here, and it would be phenomenal. I think that um, that's a big piece of it. And then the other piece is you have to think about what can be hung from trussing and things like that. And um, a lot of large concerts and as productions got bigger and bigger and bigger, it's not just a guy standing on a stage with a guitar anymore. It's things are flying through the air and you've got, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. We had, you know, Travis Scott was here uh, and and he literally had a roller coaster that he got on and rode over the audience in, you know, those things, you, you have to have the ability to hang that stuff from the, from the roof and from the trussing and make sure it's done in a safe way. And those things can happen if I serve for them. I don't think they could really happen in the past. So that's a big part of it. Well, that's something you never would have thought of the infrastructure, the, the structure rather to hold that kind of stuff. You're right. The rigging and everything that goes into the productions now, that's got to be considered, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and even like for concerts, you know, the sound engineering, you know, how, how that space is tuned. It's amazing, and there's just so much science that goes into it that just baffles me. Justin, I think we're going to go into our Fast Five. All right. Fast Five, we're going to put five questions for people to just get to know you a little bit better, and uh, no right or wrong answers here, just whatever comes to mind first. So I think we'll start out here with uh, what is the favorite movie that you could watch over and over again. That one that comes on and you see it and you're like, yep, I'm watching it again, even though I've watched it 20 times. I think um, any of the Bourne movies. Yeah. Oh, love good, those. Good one. Yeah. I mean, just, just to watch that, I, I love the I love the storyline. I love the chases. Just awesome. Well, and awesome it holds movie. up. It has a lot of longer shelf life to it. You know, it's, it's one that you can watch and it still feels relevant, even though it's been, geez, I don't know. Over 15 years since the first one, I would imagine. Yeah, and you can watch that first one. It does. It, it, yeah. Great point. It, it really does hold up. I love the storyline. The, the whole deal is great. All right. Well, uh, next question here. What is an unexpected or hidden talent that you have that most people might not know about you? Sure. So most people know that I went to school for music initially. So I've got that. That's known. I think the one thing that people don't know is I actually am a certified firefighter. Um, oh. I've been a, a firefighter EMT for 14 years now, um, was in a, a volunteer, uh, had a very strange uh, department when I lived in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and we went through the same training as somebody that does it full time. It's not uh, it's not that, you know, the place where they just let you come on and jump on a truck and hope you can spray a hose. 
Uh, we did the, the same training uh, and, and trained right along with the, uh, the Louisville firefighters. But my department specifically when I was there was always funny because we had um, the head of Jack Daniels was on the department. Uh, huh. the, uh, the, if you've ever had Angel's Envy bourbon, um, mm-hmm. Wes Henderson, who uh, started that, was on the department. So we had a very wow. strange um fire eclectic and we all we all showed up and we got on there and we went to crashes and went to fires and did did everything and we were just another person showing up and doing their job that's great yeah louisville though i mean that's great what is it uh is it fifth ave down there or uh fourth street life fourth street yeah yep that man i had way too much fun down there <laughs> so but uh, before coming here i worked for uh the company that that ran that so oh, yeah uh, very familiar with four street live um i op- while i was there i opened up the uh the guy fury smokehouse and worked with guy uh quite a bit junior bridgman had an italian restaurant there uh so some odd ties obviously with junior uh to milwaukee small yeah. world yeah um but uh yep you're gonna go there you're gonna have a good time no yep. question <laughs> <laughs> What is a concert you will never forget? A concert you attended that you'll never forget? Oh, I think that uh, it's, I should say one that's at Pfizer Forum because that that's what I should say. <laughs> but I will say I went to a Billy Joel concert oh. in Louisville, Kentucky at the Yum Center. And I walked in and I was lucky enough to have tickets to a suite. And I thought, you know, hey, listen, I'm going to go see Billy Joel. I'm going to be in a suite. And I walked in. Um, and they had his guys there and they were giving tickets to people that walked through the, walked through the doors and they were filming that night. I had no idea. And I was, I was dressed up and they said, Hey, we'd really like you and your wife to be in the front row. And I was wow. like, well, listen, I get, you really should give those to somebody else. I've got a ticket. To, and they're like, no, 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 you're dressed well. We'd really like you in the front row. My hands were literally on top of the stage. Uh, for, the, for the entire concert and i will never ever forget it i love billy joel big fan i've played piano uh, my whole life um and uh just it was it was probably the most incredible experience i've ever had and, and really got to enjoy and i never took out my cell phone i wasn't taking pictures i just like it's just all up in my head and uh, it was awesome wow that great. would be awesome there's a lesson learned dress up when you go to a concert you might get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right very cool another question for you what is one of your all-time favorite guilty pleasure junk foods? Oof, that's tough. I know. I think uh, <laughs> that you know, I I've got a bad habit of going and opening the pantry and just kind of staring at it. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I used to travel a lot for work, and I'd be on the road, and I would drive, and my worst thing, I would go and grab buy a bag of combos, and I think uh, combos are probably. They're horrible for you, uh, but I I could I could put away one of those giant bags of them without without even thinking about it. Yeah, you're just like popping them. You're not even realizing what you're doing anymore. It's like semi involuntary, like breathing. Yes, I might hit that six thousand calories a day eating uh, eating combos. combos. So, yeah. All right. All right. Staying with the food, then. Last question: What is the last food you overate on to the point of being uncomfortable? You just ate was too it, much. Was it a bag I'm of sorry, combos? I know that's too... <laughs> did, can I? Can I add? Did, is this a setup? Is this a no, setup? Because no. okay, so I will I will tell you, and I, I I won't give you all the secrets, 
But I'll tell you that uh, we like to have food competitions in the executive committee for the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh. And um, I, I sat across from Dustin Godsey, who is the chief marketing officer uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. And it was literally, we sat across from each other at a table and we had um, meatballs that were brought in from Calderon, the Calderon Club in Milwaukee. And they were not the normal meatballs. They were giant meatballs <laughs> and we had um we had to try to eat them all 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 12 of them in um in, i think we had an hour 12 between and the two of you or no no 12, 12 oh. each jeez and um dustin was a maniac and got through i think like six and a half and four minutes or something like that <laughs> uh, i was i was taking the you know i'm gonna smash it down and try to try to eat it. I think I, he got through like 10 and a half. I think I got through, I don't know, nine. He, he destroyed me, but it was still considered a failure because we didn't get all the way through. And there were prop bets. We were talking big, talking a big game before we started. Um, but, uh, I ate pounds of meat all at one time and, um, I couldn't get sick, which was the, like I wanted to, and I couldn't. So it just sat, it, it <laughs> sat in me for yeah, a couple of days. It was oh. bad news. That's one that sits with you, yeah, you know, for a uh, while. It's not like uh, eating a couple pounds of uh, Chinese food or something, you know. But, but I'll tell you, if you haven't had those meatballs just on a regular, don't go do what I did. They are probably the best meatball I've ever had, ever. Did it ruin uh, it for yeah. you? No. You uh, okay, well, that, that's a testament it, I, of a good meatball. Then. Yeah, you, you think it would, right? But, um, man, uh, the Calderon Club meatballs are just, oh, they're so good. good yeah, time. thanks for playing with us there, you know. Good time there. Your prize is in the mail. I don't know what it is, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> so, Justin, how about those bucks in the playoffs? Listen, I think it's our year. I think we're going to go all the way. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting to be part of this team right now. And we've got uh, great business operations, great team operations. And when you're hitting on all cylinders like that, it's exciting. Uh, but uh, we don't really have that home court advantage uh, right now. Um, as far as people coming to Pfizer Forum, but they're doing an unbelievable job there on the broadcast. When it's when it's a home game, it looks and feels like you're you know at a Milwaukee Bucks home game. They've done a great job with the uh, putting the the artwork up there and having crowd sounds pumped in and all of those things. Do you think it feels uh, more important, or has it sort of kind of diminished just because the year has been so messed up? Is it special because we're able to still have a season? Or is it kind of like a throwaway season? Like it really doesn't count. What are the feelings and the sentiments there? Listen, I think the playoffs are going to happen just like they would if there was a regular season. So if there was some weird uh, setup with the playoffs, I could see somebody saying that the, it's going to be, you know, there could be an asterisk. I don't think that's the case. You're playing the same amount of games in the playoffs. You're playing the same teams that you would have played. Uh, you know, otherwise the, the seed games really made sense because it just made sure that Everybody knew who was going to the playoffs, basically, and then you kind of figure out where where they're going to land in the seeding games. And I think that worked out well. Um, I think at the end of the day, this is an opportunity in a couple of ways. One, the NBA has a chance here to gain fans from people that maybe weren't basketball fans because mm -hmm. people want to watch live sports on TV right now because they need an escape. And this is an opportunity for people that are saying that are maybe diehard NFL fans and aren't big NBA fans that are going to jump on and watch and see how great the play of these athletes are. And then it gives us the other 
platform too, which is a, a great social justice platform that's really important to the teams mm. and the players in the world right now. And the NBA has just done such a great job making sure that it's being done right. And mm -hmm. it's giving the players an opportunity to have a platform they would never have had otherwise because we're playing and, you know, all these people are watching and it's giving the, the league an opportunity to really be supportive of those social justice areas. So um, I think that it's, there's no asterisk. And I think that it's needed right now to be exactly what it is. And there's a reason it's happening this way. And mm -hmm. I just think it's awesome. I, I definitely agree with you. And I, I would, I would even venture to say that, this will probably be one of the most memorable playoffs, if nothing else, because of what was able to happen under the circumstances. We're living through a historic event that we likely, hopefully, will never live through again. And I think yes. we'll tell these stories for years and years. And, um, you know, our, our kids are going to tell these stories for a long time of when they had to go to school uh, or, you know, via computer or wearing a mask or whatever it might be. I think that the NBA is being led by uh, a commissioner that just knows how to do the right things at the right times and really is disruptive when it comes to professional sports in Adam Silver. And I think that locally, Peter Fagan leading the Bucks and being a disruptive leader on his own is doing, incredi is doing incredible things with the Milwaukee Bucks that um, is, is really standing in the front lines and leading the way with the return of when we come back, as well as how we're going to look and feel as a team, whether it be through social justice um, or voting or all of the other platforms that we're looking at uh, and, and really making sure to get out there. Absolutely. Awesome. Very good. Hey, Justin, thank you so much. It's been really interesting and fun talking to you, hearing about uh, everything going on at the Pfizer forum, the, the things you guys are doing down there, hearing about the cluckery, that's a great uh, thing. Yeah. I hope people so look psyched for that. to try that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check that out. Again, great uh, chatting with you, and good luck uh, to the Bucks in the playoffs. And uh, we'll be looking forward to a welcome home party, hopefully, and a championship in Milwaukee again. That's a long time, so good luck on all that. Any last thoughts for our listeners? Anything uh, you want to get out there? I think that uh, everybody needs to make sure that they are getting a chance to come out and see the Deer District, come out and see what's going on downtown. I know that we have a lot going on, but you can come here, you can be safe, you can enjoy yourselves, watch the Bucks on TV. And if you don't want to come out, order from Cream City Cluckery and bring it home. You and go. you can uh, watch the game at home. But, uh, you know, I think that's, that the biggest thing right now is to stay safe, make sure that you're taking care of the people around you, and, you know, the Bucks are going to be here to entertain you either way. Perfect, perfect, and well said. Absolutely. Great place to go. Anybody who's not been there, uh, highly encourage you to check out the uh, downtown area and the Deer District, uh, what's going on. Justin, uh, also we like to get from our guests anything that, uh, quote, or something that someone said to you or something that you've heard along the way that kind of inspires you or gives you direction or anything like that? I do, and I, I tell this quote, and I'll be careful with it, guys, but it's... Uh, uh, it was told to me by a gentleman named uh, Mike Shamray, who was a, an investor in a, in a company that I worked with a while back uh, when I was younger and I thought I knew everything. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he told me uh, one night we were having a couple of drinks together and he literally put his arm around me and we were looking over the, the water in Jamaica. And he said, you know, Justin, if you, if you just shut up, you could be running this company. And... I learned a lot from that day. It made me think. It, make, it makes me, um, 
I think back to that moment a lot, believe it or not, uh, when I want to open my big mouth and say something. And it, it just gives me pause to say, you know what, listen first, mm-hmm. open your mouth later. And uh, it's, uh, it's changed the way that I, I interact, uh, especially professionally. Um, but I think uh, it, it's probably changed the way I interact personally as well. Oh, that's oh, that's so perfect. So many more people could keep that <laughs> advice and we'd be in a much better state of affairs. Oh, that's brilliant. Two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that, Justin. Appreciate it again. Um, and, and again, thanks for, for everything today. Uh, Justin Pearson, any last closing thoughts from you today? You bet. I would like to once again remind everyone to please hit that subscribe button. Never miss another moment with a chef or food service industry professional again. And we would also greatly appreciate a review from you. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, things that you'd like us to talk about on the show. Anything, throw us a line and we'll get back to you. We'd love to hear from you. So please reach out to us and let us know at volrathfoodservice.com slash the feed. And as I like to end every show, just by saying, don't worry about the other guy and what they're doing. Just focus on what you do best and no one's going to beat you. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you have a great week ahead. So until next time, take care.